They call him Super Producer Anthony Haney. Craig Hoffman is working on a breakthrough in sleep therapy. And you know what? Has you you think um that Hoffman is scuba diving. He's scuba's, right? I can see him scuba diving. Possibly. Yeah, and I can see him doing that. Um what about the cryo thing? You think Hoff has done that? Has he done I done, think so. I think he's in the cryo bag. Okay. Um do you think that he has is it gotta be a way has he frozen himself? Do you think he would do because <laughs> I think he would. No, I think he would do it to experiment, to lower his body temperature to a point where, obviously he's alive and whatever, but I think he would do it on a test. It, I, there's a word for I'll, I'll think of it, but I'm, I got to see. Because my son, my oldest, Austin, he's, he's got a lot of uh, Hoffman tendencies, and they run – you know, these mild, they run marathons and they they wear devices where they monitor sleep and breathing and oxygen intake. They do all these things, which is really fascinating. You know, when you're an older person, a mature adult. Speaking of maturity, Kedrick Golston knows what it's like to be pro to be treated like cattle. And I think that a big dude <laughs> goes to the NFL. When I think of the combine, I really think of the D-line, O-line, D-line. They treat them like steer. And and can you describe for us, Kedrick, what it's like at the combine, what Indianapolis is all about for us under 300 pounds when you go through there and they basically strip you down to a jock and you got all these people that are poking you, weighing you, examining you, making you jump, lift, grunt, run. What is that experience like? Um, it's one of a kind, and I think it's something that you, you don't really uh, appreciate or understand what's going on until, you, until you've been out of it. But, um, you know, after you get done with your, with your college season and your eligibility is up and you decide to make that leap to the next level, um, you hope – you get an invite to the combine. If I'm not mistaken, I think they only invite 300 draft eligible uh, players. And so getting an invite was, was a big deal, you know, coming out of college to be able to get that opportunity to be able to work out and, and, and see all 32 doctors so on and so forth. But, um, you know, it, I think the main thing for me was just being prepared for it. So, you know, coming out of Georgia, I went down to South Florida and uh, trained with Pete Bomarito. And so, um, it was a lot, but we were prepared for it. You know, the, the 40, the vertical, understanding, hey, you're going to get on this table and there's going to be four different rooms or th- three different rooms and there's going to be 10-plus doctors in each room. Some teams have three or four doctors, and every doctor wants to put his hand on that knee you tweaked in college or that hamstring pull you had. And so it's a lot um, because when you first get to Indianapolis, if I'm not mistaken, obviously you check in, they give you your bags and stuff like that. Then they immediately send you to the hospital. And so for me, I was in there with all the defense alignment. And they're pulling people for x-rays, for MRIs, you know, kind of like you said, they'll throw everybody a couple bottles of water and a Nutri-Grain bar. And you sit there for hours, not not really knowing what's going on, not knowing if, you know, 
some teams want different imaging, want different angles, so on and so forth. So it's really a patient and waiting game. And, and, and as you take a step back from it, you realize all the while there's NFL personnel watching you. They're watching you interact in this waiting room in the hospital. They're watching to see how you communicate with people, how you act around staff. Are you a gentleman? Are you patient? Or are you just some loud knucklehead that – that um you know can't sit down and be civilized for a few hours understanding that this is a job interview. Now I'm sure anybody that's been in law enforcement or military that's listening to us has experienced something similar. Anthony's probably <laughs> the only one of us that hasn't had to go haven't he didn't have to go through this because he had someone go through it for him as he was applying to prep school. You know, he didn't have to stand in line. They had someone stand in line for him, <laughs> you know, and so we understand that. But I just think that the idea of now why it's necessary, because why I've never really got on my soapbox and complained about this is because if they can make it so that information is shared throughout the clubs and you don't have to do it multiple times, it's it saves everybody because if you can share the medical information, if you can, don't have to be probed and stuck and stabbed and all those things, I thought it was a, a general benefit to it. But it's just uncomfortable. I, mean, I don't care what anybody says. Not to mention, not just saying the guys, but what women are put through. I mean, it's amazing what, when you start looking at what you have to go through in these exams or whatever. Then there's the physical testing throughout the whole thing about, you know, the line shoots, the drills, and the physical part of things that you have to go through being tested. How low can you stay? How fast can you be? How high can you jump? And then you know when you stink on a drill, so you try to double down to make up so you make up for it on the next drill. What was, some of the, what was the anxiety like if you, when you know you didn't ball out in a particular area? You know, it's one of those things where, you know, leading up to that, right, it's not about football. It's about, you know, how fast can I get my 40, even as a as a defensive lineman. You know, that's kind of that premier event that everybody wants to see. Obviously, your bench press, your vertical jump, um, your broad jump. And so when you get to Indy, you know, you're kind of flying in, and some people you know, some people you don't know, you've seen them play on football, seen them play on TV, but you kind of everybody's kind of sizing everybody up. Oh, this guy's supposed to be good. This guy isn't good. Oh, he's too small. He's too short. Um, But everybody's saying, oh, man, I'm going to run a 4-5. I'm going to run a 4-3. I'm going to jump a 37 and all these numbers, right? And so um, very few people hit those numbers. And so <laughs> the shock <laughs> the shock. So there was, there was a defensive end, and I'm not going to say any names, but there was a defensive end Wait a minute! No, 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 Slim. Uh-uh, no. Uh, this ain't that kind no, of program. No, no. We the no, kind of pro. No. We tell all. We ain't that yeah. show to hold back. We tell all. Let me think, Anthony. Put your cap on. It had to be during his time. Who was projected? Remember, I think it was the defensive end that was supposed to go to um, Philadelphia. Because there was a disappointment. Was it Mamula? It was. I'm trying to think. Defensive end that was supposed to have run. Uh, if I'm if I'm on if I'm close, 
Then I'll keep going. I'll give it to you. I I think you're talking about. I think you're talking about a a defensive tackle. This particular guy was a defensive end. I thought it was a defensive end. Okay, and I'm off. Okay, I'll let it go then. I thought I thought I had this. Okay, go ahead. But but so all you know because you're sitting in these meetings. uh, You're sitting, you know, in the waiting room at the at the hotel and at the hospital, and you're eating together, and you have some NFL and some NFL PA meetings. And so you start talking. He's like. Man, I'm a runner. I'm a runner four or five. I'm a I'm a jump a thirty seven. And so, you know. Oh, he's like Linnell. Okay, I get it. I oh, get yeah, it. He, okay. And, and and I'm like, okay. I mean, highly productive, great player, great okay. player. Okay. Um, which was which is important. So you know what people don't realize is, is you know you're there. They stagger, but you're there however many three or four days, and you compete the forty, the broad jump, and all that stuff is on the last day, right? So we get there and and he runs like a four eight, <laughs> okay. and he's just so confused and he doesn't know what <laughs> happened because the whole time, the whole time he was training, man, I was running four five, you know, high high four fours, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, how big was he? Uh he uh, he was probably two, probably two forty. Oh, okay. Needless All right. So say, he was capable of running four or five. Okay. Needless to say, he probably was running thirty-eight yards instead of forty. Right. Okay. If you know what I mean. But okay, I got the you. trainer had him all gassed up, and I mm-hmm. just remember the mm-hmm. the anxiety he had on his face of like, man, I don't know what happened, and and, those, and that happened throughout the whole combine. Luckily for me, I I kind of performed the way I, I thought I would perform, and I hit my numbers and, and that I had set to hit out, but. At the same token, you know, I think the main thing about the combine is, and is you don't know how things started, and you touched on this, right? It was a way to get all the teams, all the doctors there to do a medical evaluation. Right. So that you wouldn't have to go to, you know, potentially, you know, 30-plus cities to see all these doctors, so on and so forth. Right. And then it morphed into, hey, let's see how fast they are, how strong, how flexible, so on and so forth. And so for me, it's not the end-all, be-all but like anything in professional sports, I want my people to be prepared for that moment because you know it's you know it's coming, you know what's expected, and so I expect you to be ready and primed up to go out there and perform because it's your next step in the process of becoming a professional football player because at the end of the day, if you don't take it seriously, then I have to question how serious you are about the game of football because you're going to be asked when you're a professional to do things that sometimes you don't want to do or you don't feel like doing it. So for me, that's more of a telltale sign. And and back before, you know, uh, marijuana was the redheaded stepchild, you know, in the league, it was like, how do you fail a drug test at the combine? Like, you know you getting tested, and you still going to decide to do this. That's a huge red flag to me. I don't know. You don't want to be a pro. No, you're saying you don't want to be a pro. (laughs) Or you're an addict. Either way, it's just one of those things where, you know, it just it speaks to of having no really self-control or awareness of the, of the situation. But yeah. um, it's a great opportunity. And, 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 and I remember, uh, you know, Gene Upshaw, uh, before he passed away, spoke with us. And he mm-hmm. said, I want you all to take a step back from where you're at now. And he said, if somebody told you when you were 10 years old that you would get an opportunity to showcase your talents in front of 32 NFL teams, we all would have jumped at that moment, which he was true. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and once you get up there and you have certain draft status or you know you're not going to run a good 40 or do a particular drill well, you kind of strategically plan 
to, uh, you know, sit things out so you don't get marked down. But for me, it was just one of those moments to say, at the end of the day, Doc, and you get this, whether I'm the fastest, the biggest, the slowest, so on and so forth, am I willing to go out there and compete against the next person? And that's really what it boiled down to me was, was that I was going to go out there and showcase my talents against everybody else out there because it was a mindset for me more so than just I'm going out there for a track meet. It was an opportunity for me to go out there and compete against the other defensive linemen in my draft class because that's what the goal was for that day. We couldn't sack anybody. We couldn't tackle anybody. But we could go out there and compete that day. And and that was and it was a great experience. Hey, what's up, kid? This is uh, Super Producer Anthony Haney. Uh, and just on the, the, the combine front, you know, the command is we have a top two pick um, in April's NFL draft. And obviously we're going to be probably looking at a quarterback. But, like, how much stock do you put into, like, what we see at the combine, what we see at these pro days compared to, like, what's already on tape kind of thing? Like, like do you have any sense yeah. or feel for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, um, you know, I, I'm sure uh, Dan Campbell and his staff don't ever want to be picking second in the draft again, right? So if it's not now, then when? You have an opportunity to get one of these top quarterbacks. you got to evaluate them. you got to make your mind up. you got to draft them, and then you got to develop them. That being said, um, quarterbacks, you know, I've seen guys on one knee throw the ball 80 yards. And then you get out there on Sunday and they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn in the middle of the summertime. So that being said, um, for, for the quarterbacks, it's, it's the meetings, right? I can watch tape without talking to a person to see, Hey, can he, can he, can he make the throws? Does he have the physical tools? But when I get him in an NFL style offense playing against NFL style defenses, can he retain that information? Can he regurgitate that information? And then ultimately, can he put what we're do- taking, uh, what we're learning on the board, and, and carry that onto the field? And that's not all solely on the quarterback. It, you have to put good people around young players, especially quarterbacks, to develop them, to nurture them, not to put too much on their plate. But you know, ultimately, I think when you speak to somebody, you listen to them, you hear how they speak, how they see the game, their background, what's important to them, what's not important to them. Um, you really get a, a look to to see how they will project at the next level. So, um, and at the end of the day, you want a guy that's going to go out there and, 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 and compete, you know, and, and if he's put himself in a situation where he doesn't necessarily have to throw at the combine, but he can throw at his pro day, then he could do that. But those meetings are, are A1, in my opinion, uh, for quarterbacks because they're in front of the whole organization, the general manager, sometimes the owners, the scouts, so on and so forth. And so, how do they how do they handle themselves knowing that fair or unfair they're going to be thrust into a face of a franchise whether they realize it or not i was hoping that you could share with our our audience what it takes to get over the hump georgia was all it's always been excellent but they recently over the last decade got over a hump and that hump is what took you over Alabama, took you over LSU. It took you from being elite to dominant. It takes you from being SEC champion to national champion. And so I think guys that live through that and see how that's built, 
are invaluable because most people have never done it. They, they don't know what it looks like or feels like. So I try to make sure I'm patient enough to explain that to people because around here, you haven't won in so long that you really have forgotten the building blocks, forgot what it sounds, looks like, and that way you get sold a bill of goods, a gypsy comes in, sells you a bunch of moonshine, and you buy into it. You know, and then you, you leave and your teeth are rotten and, you know, everybody caught the plague and you're done. This is not simple, and it's not going to happen overnight. But I really believe now that at least you're taking the those basic fundamental steps that you have to take in order for it to ever have a chance. And I at least feel comfortable about that. Do you feel what I feel when it comes to well, that? The first step. Well, I, I think everybody, it, it's easy for everybody to say the right thing at right. press conferences, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you, you want to check their resume. And, and the new D coordinator is, is, uh, is Joe Witt Jr. Joe Witt Jr. Joe Witt Jr. And, 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 and people don't really understand this, right? I don't care if you're 3 4, 4 3, 3 it 3 matter. 5. Yeah, it, don't matter. it don't matter. I need a bunch of guys that will throw their body around with reckless abandon. Yep. Because that's the tone setter right there. Yeah. Now, once I get that mentality engraved in them, playing with their hair on fire, their motor running, all those cliches yeah. that people don't like to hear. Yeah. But, I, but you know, you can create a computer program all day to tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Yeah. But like the great uh, philosopher once said, Mike Tyson, everybody got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. <laughs> face, that's right. And so when you play with that reckless abandon, and we've seen Dallas's defense, yeah. we've seen Seattle's defense play, play with their hair fast on fire and furious. They've had great players, yeah, but great players don't win championships. Great teams win championships, mm -hmm. and so when you have that that mantra and that mindset of, I don't care if you in cover two and you in zone, you a man three four, a shade a four point, it doesn't matter. Are you willing to do this down in and down out as a player? Because that's what you have control over. Now it's up to me as a coach to put you in the right schemes. And so for me, it's a breath of fresh air understanding that the game of football is complicated when you look at it, but it's very simple when you just boil it down to the minute details of it. Because the fact of the matter is, is football still rewards conditioning and effort. Mm -hmm. because that's when you're at your best. Mm -hmm. If you're given effort and you're conditioned, that's 75% of the game right there. Yep. The the other percentage of it is the coaching putting you in the right place and then being accountable when somebody does make a mistake, not to get onto them, but to learn and grow from it. Because as we all know in life and profession and sports, we chase perfection knowing we'll never touch it, but we still chase it because that's the only way we know how. And so for me, I'm excited about it. And this is that time of year to be excited about it. But at the end of the day, um, like you to bring it back to your question, there's, there's freaks amongst freaks in the NFL. But when you really look at it, everybody's playing with extremely talented players. It's just which one of those players are willing to take it up to the next level from an intensity standpoint to continue to be coachable and to, and to develop themselves and to step out of a comfort zone and not complain 
when a coach is pushing you to be your best. Because if you're not winning championships or not playing at a high level, then I want somebody that's going to come in that's going to make me the best version of myself that I can be. Because at the end of the day, you have to do things you've never done to get to where you don't where where you've never been. Amen. And and if and, and if playoffs and obviously getting back to where you all uh, Doc were is competing for Super Bowls is we have to do things that we haven't done in years in order to get to where we want to go. And that's why you play this game. Yes, it's how we provide for our families. It's so many other things that 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 we get from this game. But the the bare necessities of it is, is we go out there to compete at the highest level to win championships. Yeah, I love it. Hey, man, it's priceless. I hope uh, even if people had to pull over on the side of the beltway, I hope they did so they could write notes if need be. That's one thing I love about the Odyssey app, and it's free. You can come back, and you can rewind and pick this up around 524, and you can turn it into the gospel. Everybody likes nice things, but everybody's not willing to do the things it takes to earn them, and that's the difference in life. Have a beautiful day, my brother. And we'll do this again real soon. Doc, can I say something before yeah, absolutely. I Absolutely. And, and I'm sure y'all have done this on y'all's stage, but as you know, Mike Sellers is having some health issues. Yes, we opened um, the show with and, it, yep. And, and and he's a former teammate of mine, mm-hmm. first-class guy. Yep. So I just, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, I, I know they, he's got a GoFundMe page. Yep. Um, and great dude, great family. Um, this is one of the things that, that happens in life that we have to deal with. So, um, you know, I just ask for people to make sure you lift them up in your prayers. And if you have the resources to be able to give them, please do. Um, um, he's, he's a good person. Like you said, uh, we yeah. all hope we're never in that situation, but at the same time, oh, we'll be in it. Happen. Yeah, we'll be in it. You know, and I, I, we opened the show with it, go fund me. And we did it. And I don't care if you got a nickel, you know, the only thing you can't use is nothing. So anything helps a dime, nickel, dime quarter. It don't matter. Because everything yep. is better than nothing. And your prayers are priceless. And the attention to it, because he can feel that faith is a strength that's insurmountable. So, yeah, appreciate that, man. You know, I'm, I'm aging, and so I might have missed it. And you covered me. You had my back. But I'm still strong, so not this time. But I appreciate the cover. All right, all Bulldog. Right, hey, man, give your family my best. Yes, sir. All right, all the best. Kedrick, the Bulldog, Goldston, Bleeds, Burgundy, and Gold. And, uh, of course, uh, that Georgia Bulldog in him. That'll never fight. He can't wait. We'll be talking college ball again real soon. Um, that you can believe. We'll go to break right now. Get caught up. This is the Hoffman Show. Uh, Craig is on special assignment. He's out doing some research that will help all of us down the road is something to do with developing uh, better sleep habits. So, you know what I mean? He's willing to do all these things just so we get a better night's sleep. What a guy. We'll be right back. I know Jeff Walker is somewhere out there. He's he got to have his head going side to side. Young people getting it done. DJ, super DJ. Oh, boy. Here on the Hoffman Show, D.O.C., Going with the young fella, I always let him lead me down a path that I know I'll be I'll regret. I'm just trying to keep you young, Doc. No, That's I don't want to be young. No, I've been young. <laughs> I've been young a long time. Yeah. 
Being young too long is a hazard hazard to your health. And uh, it's dangerous being young. It really is. The um, You know, I was looking through the unrestricted free agents. And it got me. I, I was just starting to think about it. draft is one thing. Combine's another. And, you know, I was listening to a lot of our brothers in radio and people talking about who we want. I wonder, does anybody want anybody we have? Probably not. But I just thought I'd throw it out. Throw it out there. And then positions that are open. And I hear certain people who are all of which I respect, people saying that we have free we have people that might be up for contracts or we're fighting for people. People saying, would you retain Cameron Curl? Are they serious? I mean, is there an agent on earth that could seriously go in with a client that was on this last team, this team that was in last place? And and come in and demand money. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I was oh sedated during a game or so and missed something. Who on this team could go in and win a claim, even if it was arbitration or whatever, and could win on a claim saying that they felt like they were underpaid for their services rendered? And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Correct me. I mean, after last season. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, after last season. I think if Cosme was set to, you know, approach the table, I think he would probably have a good, you know, claim. Yeah, he's valid. He was valid. Um, I would say that I thought Sam represented his family in in a fine fashion. I thought, you know, when when I hear the young people say somebody balled out, I would say that Sam Cosme represented his family. He was noble. That's one of the, the, the things I used to love. I used to love the um, the Roman flicks back in the, back in the, when they wore all the gladiator gear, and uh, really dug that. I thought Sam was that kind. He was that he was that guy. You know, I, I think John and Deron, you know, they they, they played. I, I'm a big James Smith-Williams fan. I thought he got hurt. Casey, too, I thought put in some work. He got hurt. I don't blame you for being injured. That's not your fault. There's no guy out there that said, hey, I, let me get out of this crap. Let me get hurt. Nobody. Everybody wants the ball. And I like Cameron. I think Cameron's a hell of a player. But. You can say people weren't schemed in a way. I like Brian Robinson. Um, believe it or not, I thought our running backs were highly productive and very well coached. That was a position I regretted losing the coaches personally. That's just me. On my my observation my ears and eyes don't lie. They're very good to me. And I thought that we lost on that one. Now, we were, and I'll tell you some of Peter's genius. When you lose a level of expertise, we lost, in my 
personal opinion with 30 years plus in the business and you end up picking them when we picked up and I go, go on with your bad self. Man, that's balling. That's recovering. That is like, wow. So that's star power. You know, when you go, well, what was the deal with Peters? Then you show me, and I don't expect you to know. People know players. You ain't supposed to know front office. I mean, who the hell would be running around here other than Galdi or somebody Sheehan, you know, Grant, Danny. I mean, people, B. Mitch and Finley, people in the business, you know, like you, Hoffman, the Rooster, people in the business, you know, Nell Nell, in the business. That's one thing. I like the staff, and I like them what they turned around and did. Now, I like Curtis Samuels, the hell of a football player. I think he had his best season as a commander last year. I dare you to dingle him out somewhere like that. But what about the first two seasons, though, Doc, where he couldn't really get on the field? We, we, that, and that's the thing. Like, you, you don't know when players are going to get injured. You, you pray that they don't. But, you know, the, four, the sport that we do play in is very grueling, very taxing on the body. And his first two seasons, you know, know. he couldn't necessarily He was, was Elliot so Ness. He was a bank tough. robber. Well, I looked, I thought he was robbing. Yeah. I thought he was straight out thief. Yeah. And then he showed me, you know, he can play. Kendall Fuller, to me, had a hell of a season. Now, I haven't combed through all his body of work. I thought he was highly competitive. To me, he was like, hey, man, I'm from the DMV. I'm going to represent the brand. And I thought he showed up and showed out. He didn't have enough help, but he didn't bitch. He played like this was he was defending his hometown. You know, that's what he impressed me with. I thought he was a grown-ass man. And so he gets that. Jacoby Brissett, that's a guy I see as a former principal of a school. You know, he's a, he's a leadership guy. That's what he displayed in putting self in the back burner, helping a young kid. He saw he was struggling. Helped him, kept building him. And what he did to give us the second pick, I hope you knuckleheads out there recognize that and give him his, his flowers. Seriously, he took a fall for you. Don't be that crazy that you didn't recognize he took one for the team. So if we get whoever you it is you want that you think is your savior, please give him his flowers. Cornelius Lucas, y'all don't deserve him. This brother, you don't give him his due. This brother can play both sides, come in. You don't know how hard it is. He's, I think by nature is a right tackle. Come in on the left side, junkyard dog. Come in and fight his – Fight his guts out for you. You don't know how priceless it is to get a guy who can swing. Most guys are right and or left. When you get a Swiss Army that's that long, it can go, man, we got celebrities here. Dog, this ain't fair. I'm calling police. Security. Can't have these people coming down here, man. See, they heckling me and stuff from the FM station. See, man. All the superstars <laughs> come down here heckling me and stuff. I call the police. 
out on you. But it's – I like Luke, man. I, I really do. Jeremy Reeves, he's a dog. Bad man he's right there. Bad, he's a beast. Let me tell you something. Jeremy Reeves is a beast. He's He is not to be played with. Nice player. Nice player. Now, I don't know if we deserve him. Nice player. Momo, don't want to keep you online too long, brother. What up? Oh, no, I was I was enjoying the soliloquy because – No, 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 I can't – look, man, you a VIP. Man, you should have seen the look that Anthony gave me. He looked at me like, dude, that's Mo. I said, okay, man, I'm sorry. I had my back to the call screen, and I was trying to do a little bit of a personalized breakdown, and I thought, I just want to get these dudes they do because we don't often – we don't often give them their personal analysis – and keep it real. So I wanted to get to you. What's on your mind? Well, no, that's because we are part of the greatest fraternity of all time, or XI5 Attorney Incorporated. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm excited, right, about Dan Quinn, but I'm excited about Joe Witt Jr. Did you hear his press conference? So that Did man I said, hear it? Wait a minute. Did <laughs> I hear it? <laughs> Come on, Slim. That man said, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've, I've been ready, <laughs> right? 2015, Slim, to be exact, 2015 is 20, 24. And he ain't said a word bad about it. He ain't bitch about it. He just kept grinding. And he's one of hundreds. Oh, of course. Have you heard Kendrick Golston every time he's on the air? What does he sound like? What does he sound like? He sounds like a coach. Sound like, yeah, sound like a coach. You heard Rollo McKenzie when he's on? They sound like coaches. They sound like wow. coaches because they could be, but they don't get an opportunity to be. You hear Lamont Jordan? What do he sound like? Sound like a coach. Oh, but he was a, he yeah, was but you, a coach, though. Yeah, he's a high school yeah. coach. You hear Brad Jackson? Yeah. Did you hear Brad? Oh, definitely a coach. They sound like him. They all do, but they're not given an opportunity to be one. I didn't make this up, Slim. I'm just pulling the curtain down. See, so we can understand it. Yeah. It's Black History Month. You should. Absolutely. Shout out to George Washington College. Listen, I'm excited because if St. Juice could ever ball, like just ever just, you know, he don't get interceptions. But he could just, if he could just be physical. Watch him with a coach. No, 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 no. Watch him with a coach. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. With the other, with all long linky on the other side, my first round prick who I'm not giving up on. Don't do that. Browning. Don't do that. No, I haven't. That's Browning and Sherman. There you go. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? There you go. There you go. They had curse in Dallas, right? Yeah. I could see Cameron Curl playing a curse role. See, Mm -hmm. and then, you know who I'm really excited about? I'm excited about. Deron Payne and John Allen actually playing a three-and-a-one technique, single gap, and getting to the quarterback. You know who I'm excited oh. about really is beyond Cleek Hudson. Uh, oh, yeah. Cleek, yeah. Oh, let me tell you something, dude. Cleek Hudson, he's, a, he's an absolute dog. He's a dog, yeah, and, I, and I can't wait to see. Hey, see, listen, some I, guys that you don't, well, he's not, the, yeah, yeah, we know what he's not. But talk about what he is. What he is, 
Doc. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Yeah, there you Listen, go. My, I'm, I'm most excited, Doc. I'm most excited oh. about them actually blitzing Jamin Davis. Oh, my God. Like, he is, like, is going to be unleashed. He's going to be unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> Jamin, let me tell you what. Jamin, I think about Bob Marley's movie out right now. And every time I see the thing with Bob Marley, I think about Jamin Davis. Jamin. It's going to be jamming because this dude right here, they were right that you got to give him credit because they picked him. Now, they didn't know what to do with him, but give him they do because at least they selected him. Because I'm going to tell you what, this boy is a savage. And I don't know why they missed it, the fact that most guys can't run. He's got the one priceless gym. He's electric. And they trying to get him to do a breakdown of mathematical equation, and he's a lightning bolt. It's the dumbest. It's, you know, it's almost a sin, a total mismanagement of, of, of talent. Unlike, I mean, I've never seen anything this bad before. It's one of the, you seen, oh, it's the worst. One of the worst things I've ever you seen. seen. You seen when Montez went to Chicago, he got seven sacks. Oh, instantly. Like, yeah, sweat. Instantly. It, it's, it's instantly. You had both of them. Could have lined them up on the same side. Could have probably had them going together, working combinations that nobody in this league would have been able to block. Nobody. It's like Lawrence and like their boy did in Dallas. Their combination in, in, in Dallas with 90 and 11 was damn near lethal. Yeah, damn near and, lethal. And Doc, and, Doc, you know what you sound like now? You sound like a coach. No, 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 no. I can't coach. Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Oh, I tell you what. It's crazy. It makes it sound like we're making it up, but this is real. This is real. And when you look back and you peel back the curtain and you see the dysfunction, when you see the mismanagement, when you see how careers nearly are ruined by incompetence. It's an absolute shame. Now, maybe, hopefully, it'll be salvaged. But look how close careers could have been completely stymied and ruined. Just like that. And look at the careers of people in the past. You'll never know now. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Because they couldn't save a guy. We've had talent here before in certain places, but they need help. And some it's on the guy. Some guys have done some dumb things. But maybe with better tutelage, maybe better mentorship, better leadership, more disciplined programs. I mean, look how many F ups we've had. Just the vehicular of mistakes. That's poor leadership, poor discipline. That's just having just lacks, lacks leadership. No adults in charge. You know, frat boys in charge. You know, and it's a damn shame, but it is what it is. Well, those days are behind us. Let's take a break. We still got time if you've got the energy for it. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Ace Law listening line wide open. 301-230-0980. Right here on the team, 980. Ah, brace yourself, folks. 
Have you ever heard of the 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 Linnell Super Six? What does he call it? The Super Six Six Pack or? Yeah, I think it's what he wants. A six. Yeah, it's a six pack. It's a six pack. Yeah. He's got all these names for all these categories, which is look, man. The one thing I love about Linnell's is youth. He's got a youthful exuberance. And so I remember I did the same type of things a million years ago where you would, um, you know, you, you just, you daydream about things. And he comes up with these titles. And it's just like when he wrecked his, his uh, Instagram name. And I tried to tell him as soon as I met him. And he has his underscore. And he's hard-headed, so he won't change it. So he doubled down on it and cost himself thousands and thousands of followers. Because ain't nobody following nobody with an underscore on their name. But anyway, he's hard-headed. But again, we continue to uh, to be patient with him because he's got good intentions. And he's hosting overtime tonight on 106.7. The fan following Grant and Danny. And uh, it'll be delightful. Although most of us that are big fans of Windbag Wednesday were not happy that he was not on the day with the rooster. One of my favorite listens, disappointment listening on Wednesdays on 980. So where do you want to go, go to Frank or oh, go to Frank? Hey, Frank, uh, thank you for being patient as we get set for Big L. Hey, Doc. What's happening? Great hearing you. Um, the one you met, sort of mentioned it, something that's been bugging me for a long time. I, I, I just think it's best if they go into the season not trying to find a quarterback, but playing whoever can win the game the best from here on out. They've been, you, you basically mentioned it. You're putting 50 guys' careers on hold trying to find a quarterback when you should be just trying to win that game every, every game of the year that way. Yeah, me too. That's how I feel. Even if they pick, have the second pick of the draft, it doesn't matter. The guy can sit till he's ready. We don't have to force feed anybody. It's well, if he's that damn good, he's feed. supposed to be better than the people we have. He's supposed to be I better know, than everybody I mean, we have in the building. If he's that it, damn good, in two weeks, he's just supposed to be that much better. And if he's not, then we give him two more weeks or three more weeks. What difference does it make? But he sh- we should see it. Like we saw it with Howell. Howell had it. He was on that nice curb, and it's like he hit a wall. And then all of a sudden he didn't have it, and he held the ball too long. And then he had, and then all of a sudden he kind of came out of it at the end. We don't know, but we know what we see it. I saw some. I, I didn't look. I mentioned the kid Donald today in San Francisco for a reason. Um. When they were waiting on their guy to come back, Mr. Irrelevant, he came and played some good football for the Niners. And let me tell you what, every you you can jump on Shanahan and he deserves it. He deserves some of it. But Green Bay could have very easily beat them. So could Detroit. They just didn't. But let's not act like they couldn't have. They blew it. They gave the game away. San Francisco has not been the same since the Ravens went down and emasculated them. 
in San Francisco. So I don't care what happens, and they can fire all the people they want to fire and try to cover up. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. But wouldn't you trade with them? I mean, who wouldn't trade with them? The thing that Jim Harbaugh says, who's got better than we do when he's at Michigan? He's nobody. Because I tell you what, they lose one or two big games a year, and that's it. And everybody else is, uh, look, I, they got it going on. But they blew that. And I'm telling you, um, that kid, the backup quarterback, he showed me something. Jacoby Brissett showed me something. Howell is still got something in the bag. We have a quarterback guru here. Let's see what happens. We thought we had that with EB. You know, I'm just saying, no one person can do it alone. You need O-line. You need, you need a running game. You need back. You need everything. So I just say that we don't panic and don't blame all this on one person. Everybody do their job, and maybe we'll be able to get to this. Top of the hour, we get Linnell Willingham and his um, super whatever new gimmick he's got going on. So we'll make way for him. Super producer Anthony Haney, take it away.